The Playhouse and That's Not Canon Productions acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we are recording this show today and all surrounding areas where we live, learn, and work. We also pay our respects to Elders past, present, and emerging. Chelsea, I host a podcast with a girl named Chelsea. Oh, <laughs> I was like, how <laughs> I was like, how are we starting this podcast here? Yeah, what's this? Also, it's Chelsea, not Chelsea. Chelsea. I mean, I would like to Spell have... Spell Chelsea. Ex- okay, we call it eccentric name, name Chelsea. We can call you Chelsea. From now on, everybody, call me Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for you. Ooh. It's about musicals. Yes. And films. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Like, you know how you have musicals, but they've been turned into like into films. <gasps> musical movies? Yeah, musical <gasps> movies. Can I actually, can I get on my high horse for a second? Go for Do it. Do you mind? Okay. <clears throat> a lot of people have criticisms for musical movies because they think it dilutes the original property, which, you know, maybe in some instances it could. However, I am all for any instance that brings theatre into the mainstream. There are so many musicals that would never be seen by certain audience members because they don't have access to it. Mm-hmm. So thereby, by making a musical film, you're giving more audiences the opportunity to see something they otherwise might not. Also, theatre te- tickets can be way more expensive, especially in comparison to movie yeah. tickets. So I think movie musicals, good, bad, medium, fantastic. I love them. Mm. Great idea. Yeah. Boost for the industry. What do you think? I think it's interesting. Like it's something that you wouldn't really, like everyone, if you think of like a, a musical, you just automatically assumed it to be in a theatre. But yeah. for it to be in a movie, it just makes it's a different atmosphere as well. Because if it's yeah. live, you're obviously with the live audience and whatnot and performers. It's it's a different atmosphere than being in a cinema and watching it. Yeah, and it doesn't feel as high when it's on a on a screen. It doesn't feel as high stakes because that quick change. You're like, it's not a quick change. It's in a movie. Mm. This is normal where where a character comes off in one costume, comes on in the other. It's filmed six months apart. Like the musical, it's like, <gasps> that was a, oh my god. <laughs> Whereas movies, it's kind of like, oh, they set a building on fire. Hmm. <laughs> Seen it before, you know. Okay. But I still, I still love a movie musical. Well, I have love a question. It. I've got a question about one particular movie musical. Eee! What is uh? What about your thoughts if you combined Romeo and Juliet into a movie musical? Are we talking about what I think we're talking about? Uh huh. <gasps> I adore West Side. West Side Story. Oh my goodness! I'm really, I'm really looking forward to this new new movie remake too. Mm. And we're going to be speaking to a lovely guest today, who will be playing Maria in West Side Story, coming soon to QPAC. 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 With West Side Story set to hit our cinemas soon, and coming to shine at QPAC this month, it is only fitting that we sit down with the Sharks' leading lady, a modern day Juliet, Sophie Salvasani. Yay! So exciting. So exciting. She's lovely. And we can't wait to hear all about it. Let's go, Chels. Let's go. Welcome to the Playhouse, Sophie. Thank you. Good to be here. We are so excited because we're going to talk about your role in West Side Story. Yay! (laughs) But before we get too much into that, I would love if you could tell us quickly about how you got your start in performing and in theatre. Ah, yeah. So I have a very, uh, I guess, different path into this world of theatre. So I started singing when I was about 12 years old um, in the primary school that I went to in Brisbane. um, When you get to year four, they had this program where you could like try all the instruments. And so my sister, two years before me, had done the program and got the trumpet. And so I went, oh, yeah, I'll do this. And I ended up getting the flute. 
And then um, both my sister and I end up having like private lessons outside of school. And I was doing my first flute exam and there's always like singing components. And my teacher was listening in and just turned around to my mom and said, do you want to give us singing lessons? Um, so yeah, that's, that's how the singing started. And so for years then up until year 12, I was doing modern pop singing, that sort of thing. And I was involved in like the choirs in my high school. Um, and I met my current teacher, Douglas McRae, and, um, and he swapped me over to classical singing. So uh, like the opera world. And um, yeah, I sort of, I left high school then and just had private lessons and uh, I managed in 2018, I got into Pacific Opera down here in Sydney. And um, and yeah, and that was a, a fabulous year. It was sort of like my leg in. And then um, I had flown home to Brisbane and just sat down in the couch and I was on Facebook and saw that, that they were doing auditions for West Side Story with Opera Australia. And so I just thought, why not? And here I am. <laughs> Wow. That's so exciting. Yeah. We did read as well that you had started with the flute when you were little and I was like, I wonder how that fits into the story. I wonder if you're already yeah. in the music world and you're like, I'm going to learn the flute. But that's so cool that it all just sprung from a from a teacher in, in an exam saying, oh, in an instrument. Yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a very different path because a lot of singers start, you know, when they're 5 or 6 or it's something that they've always loved and I always loved singing and it was like that with my family, you know, we all go for a trip and we're all singing in the car but I never really thought it could be anything more so yeah. Now you did mention before then that you're classically trained in music and opera and that this is me coming from because I'm not too immersed in the music theatre realm is it is there a big difference between musical theatre singing and opera singing? Yeah definitely so like it's almost like completely different voices. Um, so you do very different training to get a, a music theatre voice with like belt, but you don't always have to have a belt. Um, and then compared to like opera singing, again, it's like completely different training and you have a completely different technique and that brings out a different sound. Um, but you you definitely have people out there who can do both. Um, yeah, so I'm just very lucky that Maria is more of that, classical sounding voice so I can I can make it happen yeah yeah exciting yeah and this is also not your first time in West Side Story we, we read that when you nice. were a bit younger you had some some West Side Story action in high school bit of a sparkle bit of yeah. a of it. <laughs> so that that's like that is sort of like what got me into like music theater and wanting to do shows again like everything stems from my sister so I was in year six and she was already at um, West Morton Anglican College that's a high school we went to and she was on the spotlight for their production of um, sound the sound of music and so I obviously went to see it with my family and I was just watching and we left and it was so amazing and I just turned around to mum and said I'm going to do that. I'll, I'm going to be on the stage. I'm going to be in their next musical. You know, your mothers, they always support you and everything. And she just looks at me like, yep, okay, all right. Yep, if that's what you want to do, you know, maybe a little bit of sarcasm in there. Um, but, yeah, then I, I I went to Westmark and I think it was year eight. It was year eight or year nine. I was only very little. And um, they were doing West Side Story. And so I auditioned. Obviously, I auditioned for Maria. I was like, I'll just do it. 
And um, I ended up understudying Maria and I played Consuela. So I was over the moon um, mm. because usually, you know, year eight students don't get parts in the musical. You know, it's usually for the older students, you know, as it as it sort of should be. It's exciting how you can bring it back as well. Have you been able to grab bits and pieces from the first time you've experienced West Side Story and then bringing it back again to QPAC? From all the way back then, like it was very different. And the production that we're doing now um, that we do with Joey is like the original production. So there were definitely elements where I was like, oh, I remember this, you know, especially watching the dancers. I was like, oh, I remember watching that. But in saying that it was when I did this in 2019, it was completely different. And it was like learning something new all over again. You know the words, you know the song but it's so different. It just, everything had a really different meaning, but coming from 2019, having done the production then to coming back now, there's more of that familiarity, but it's actually really nice to be working this through with, you know, two, two different Tonys, two essentially new Tonys. (laughs) Although I, I worked with Nigel a little bit last time in Sydney and Canberra, it's like just completely new again. And so it's, it's really lovely. How do you go about then re- approaching the rehearsal process when it's a show that you already have in your bones, but it's also a fresh, new situation, new blocking, yeah. new everything? That's actually, it's a really tricky thing because you have to you have to walk the line, the balance between doing too much practice and preparation and maybe just backing off a little bit to try and keep yourself like open to what might happen or you know, maybe it's going to stay the same or maybe there are going to be slight differences. So, yeah, it's, it's a really fine line between what you should and shouldn't do. But, but in a sense, like, you can do as much preparation as you like before you walk into rehearsals. But as soon as you get into rehearsals, it sort of just goes out the window. So, yeah, I think, I think it's just reminding yourself to be kind to yourself and mm. whatever happens, happens. What's it been like? working with the cast and the crew of West Side Story have they experienced the story before or is this the first time so um for many of the sharks this is their first time um a lot of our jets were in the production with us back in 2019 Mm -hmm. but again we're all because we're having those interactions with different cast members this time it's it feels new. It it honestly, in some ways, feels like I'm learning the show all over again. But it's it's a really nice feeling to do that and to to go through this process again and experience all of it again. It's it's really quite amazing. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's cool that you've had so many opportunities specifically to revisit the same musical. Like, what what is it about West Side Story that keeps pulling you back in? I think it's it's just the messages, the the underlying messages in this musical. You know, you you have that love that love can conquer anything, no matter what happens. But you you also have those not so nice messages with like racism, gang violence, all of that. And I think like a lot of people come up to me and say, "Oh, it's it's so outdated. Like, how does anyone enjoy this anymore? And I'm like, well, yeah, some of the things we say might be outdated, but when you come and see the show, I can tell you right now, there's something happening outside in the world that is very relevant to what's happening on the stage. And it's, it's not always race anymore. It's, it can be like 
political views, sexuality, anything like that, there's still a lot of violence and tension going around, well, going on around those things. You know, it's the show to me is it, it always has meaning. You just apply it to something else and it, it really doesn't take much imagination to be able to do that. And I think that's what is so beautiful about theatre and musical theatre is that it, it explores a broad, like a, a massive range of issues that reflect on society today, which is really lovely because that can then be transported into a creative context as well, which A, it can be entertaining and two, educational as well. Exactly. Yeah. And that's exactly what West Side Story is. You know, I, I would be disappointed if someone walked away not having realized something or even just felt something, you know, that's what's so amazing about this musical. You're going to walk away and having felt something, something's going to pull your heartstrings. And now it's being made into a movie again. So it's going to be a whole lot of West Side Story love over the next year or so. Yes. Oh, I've been waiting for this. It was meant to be released last year, wasn't it? Mm. Mm. Yeah, so I'm, I'm very excited to see it. You'll be there on opening day, ticket in hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, me too. I've been, oh, it's, it'll be good. And I love that they've cast, side, this is a total sidetrack, but I love that their Maria that they've cast wasn't a well-known Hollywood superstar actress with a million things on her CV already. I love that they've cast someone, yes. A, young, B, relatively unknown. I know she's big on YouTube, but like relatively unknown. So cool. Yeah. Good on you, Steven Spielberg. He's probably yeah. li- probably listening, do you reckon? Yeah. yeah, he's listening to this podcast. He's he, he's oh a frequent listener. No. <laughs> oh, let's let's have a bit of a turn. I would love to talk about we saw that you studied education and I'm just about to graduate with my education degree. Woo! Oh, so yes. I'd, I'd love to talk about that for a minute. How did you get onto the education track and is that still aligned with anything that you're working on today? Yeah, so um, obviously when I finished year 12, I had considered maybe studying at the conservatorium in Brisbane, but as any sensible parent or parents, uh, my mother suggested uh, maybe going down, you know, the education sort of side of things. And again, that's that's where my sister was going and I very much do everything my sister does. Um, so I did. And um, I get asked the question of, of do you regret it? Do you wish that you had studied tertiary music? Not at all. I am, I am honestly so proud and happy of the decision I made. So I left year 12 and straight away went into a bachelor degree of education at um, USQ in Springfield. And um, yeah, so that was four years. And while I was doing that, I was having those private lessons and And then I got into the Ipswich Musical Theatre Company and um, I did my first production with them in 2014 uh, as Christine in Phantom of the Opera. Ah. So I was, I sort of used all of that time to just make the most of it and get as much experience as I could because in the end that's probably one of the most important things to gain experience in what you want to do and that way you can get hired. Um, so, yeah, so I, I then finished my degree and I, I, I think I did relief teaching for about a week and then I was picked up by um, the principal at Brassel State School and, um, and then went into teaching prep full-time for the whole year. I think that was 2016. Yeah, and then at the end of that year, they offered me again full-time for the following year. Um, but I, it was a really tough decision and it, it took me a few days. They, they gave me like a week 
to sort of decide. And I decided that I, I wouldn't teach full time. Um, I just felt really guilty. There were like two days I had to have off uh, for like competitions. I was going to perform in a competition and I felt so guilty for my little preppies. Um, I really hated being away from them. Um, so yeah, I made that decision not to full-time teach, um, but then I was relief teaching and have been now for five years. And um, yeah, and I, I was pretty much hired full-time as a relief teacher, which was, which was really lovely. Yeah. That's and amazing. That's so cool. <laughs> I, I was actually teaching the the day up until I came, I flew down to Sydney for rehearsals. So whenever I come back to Brisbane, I just teach. <laughs> oh, wow. And I love as yeah. well. I don't, I don't know if you found this too, but there's so much intersection between the arts and education. Like so many of the skills I've got from one, I use at the other. Mm. Yes. Like that, is, that is so true. I have to be really careful though, that I don't use my teacher voice on my colleagues. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> that happens sometimes. Is it, is it, is it actual thing of a teacher's voice? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> Should we use our teacher voices on Chelsea just to freak her out? <laughs> I mean, you can if you want. See, my thing, I don't really use teacher voices as often as I use the teacher eyeball of... Brooke is, Brooke is showing me at the moment. I'm like, I've yeah. just finished my final placement, so I've still got to no, it's like, I'm, I'm waiting. That's okay. When you're ready, boys. We'll, we'll just wait for you. That's all right. It's your time, not mine. Oh, yeah, my God. If we don't get it done, we'll just do it at lunchtime. It's all right with me. <laughs> So because you mentioned that you did work with um, in the education realm and everything like that, and you also did competitions as well, did that get stressful at time working between the two and making sure you've got that balance as well? Yeah, definitely. Like it was like a hard day teaching, like coming home and forcing yourself to do practice, which you need to do. And in the end, it sort of became like that because you're just – so tired and often you know especially in my first year of teaching it's really rough Mm. I I really don't think um, that is made clear to like first years your your first year full-time teaching is rough because you're trying to figure out what you're doing and you're often taking work home and it's really hard to find that balance between your work and your life and then for me it was work-life singing um, so yeah, it was, it was really tough and especially preparing for those auditions. Like you, you really had to like months in advance. Okay. This is what I'm doing. I, I would literally write up schedules. Like I'm going to give 40 minutes to this and then I'm going to do this. And I, the to-do lists I wrote were just long. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Wow. It's really hard as well. Obviously I'm an absolute noob. I haven't had my own class yet. I've done all my placements though, but like finding that balance of like, this is what, this is what I actually need to do right now tonight. This is what absolutely must be done right now. And then exactly, this is my passion. This is my thing that I'm doing on the side, but I really want to dedicate some time to it. But this, you know, test is coming up. So I need to make sure this is ready mm. for the kids. And yeah. And there's a lot of pressure too on teachers to, to perform. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, the, if you have a student that is maybe not performing, I hate to say it, but the blame is always put on the teacher. So mm. it, it's really hard to to deal with those and then also try to deal with the things that you're, are going on in your own life, essentially. So it's mm. it's really important. Like probably the best advice I can give to first-year teachers is 
just find the teachers at your school that are going to support you that will literally do anything to help you and I was really fortunate to have just a fantastic cohort of prep teachers with me and I am still friends with all of them today and I still go back to that school and give them a big hug and yeah so it's really important to have those connections. Thank you very much for the advice. I'm gonna write this down. It's so yeah. hard. No, it's the same. It's similar with arts. I think teaching seems like more of a clear cut career, but you really uh, you're thrown in the deep end. Yeah, you really are. And and on top of it, to do prep, I, I really yeah. don't understand why. But a lot of schools like to put new teachers on prep. It is the most terrible idea ever, mm. because often, like in my case when I went through uni, I taught every single year level except prep. I was not lucky enough to get a prep prac. Mm-hmm. I had I had composite classes. I had I actually had up until year seven because um, that was my second year and the rules hadn't changed. The sevens weren't in high school yet. So yeah, so it's I don't know, they always want to put new teachers on prep, but it's really rough. (laughs) Yeah, and prep is probably the most important year. You're teaching how to read, how to write, literacy. And it's it's all those foundation skills. Mm -hmm. And if if they're lacking at the end of prep, it's then a really hard task for the teachers afterwards to catch those up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Chaos. We should start a secondary podcast all about teaching. (laughs) <laughs> oh, we should. And I will definitely come back for that. <laughs> oh, well, we'll be in touch. Sophie we'll be will be touch. the first guest for the <laughs> education episode. <laughs> One question I did have for you is mm-hmm. do you see like a dream career where you can do, I don't know, like maybe like a performing arts school situation where you can combine your love for music and your passion for teaching as well? I'm not really sure. Like I always get asked the question if if I teach and if I give lessons or like they when I say that I'm a school teacher they're like oh you must be a music teacher and it's definitely not the case. Um, I think for me because music is so special to me and always has I always like to separate myself between teaching music and performing music myself but I guess like down the track I think my vision was that I would really like to be a mentor of some sort for teachers. I think that's something I'm really passionate about and I really like giving advice, but in the same breath, I really like learning from other teachers as well. And that's, I always see teaching as it goes two ways. Yes, I might be helping someone else, but I then might see something or hear something that I take on and then I pass that on again. So whether that led into some sort of music area I don't know but yeah I always see myself in like a mentoring sort of position and goodness knows we need mentors especially Mm. when you're starting out I'm so terrified (laughs) oh don't 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 be terrified I I I shouldn't have scared you but I was already scared (laughs) I've been scared for years (laughs) now and what would be your like one piece of advice to any performers that are interested in well in musical theatre or even wanting to teach music as well what would be your one piece of advice I think like especially for performers um it really doesn't matter where you've come from as long as you just get out there give everything a go I think that's like another big thing like I've I'm still very close to the Ipswich Musical Theatre Company. Um, Like I just performed with them for their 20th anniversary. And um, 
um, one of their founders um, was speaking to me and she was a little upset because it had come to her attention that some of the cast members they've had previously were choosing to omit the fact that they had done this show with this company. And so like in their CV and their bio, they were saying, oh, I've played this role in this show, but they were not willing to say that they've done it in Ipswich. And Mm -hmm. I think, and that's something she said to me and I've sort of walked away with that. And I guess it was in a way advice for me because she was so happy and proud that I always say that I've done this show with the Ipswich Musical Company. And I think for me, it wasn't so much of a, I'm not embarrassed at all. If anything, it's something to be proud of. Like I've come from this and now this is where I am. And in all honesty, I could not be Maria today if I had not worked with that company. And so I I think that's the most important thing. Don't, Don't ever be ashamed of anything you've done and just give everything a go. If an opportunity presents and you think it's right for you, go for it. It's so good. Time has gone so quickly. It went quick. I was like, "Oh my, oh my god, look at the time." Well, we've got uh, we've got one more question that we'd like to ask you, and and we normally ask this question to all of our roomies, and you're our roomie as well. (laughs) So we ask this question quite often to our guests, and normally uh, Theatre House is known for the home of theatre, and for yourself, you've you've had your Let's just say you've been with Ipswich as well. You've been in Sydney mm-hmm. and you've been all over the place, really. Yep. Where, the question is, where do you call home? That's a really tough one. See, home for me is Brisbane. That is where I have lived. That is where my house is. That's where my family home is. But in saying that, Ipswich is also my home because I, I grew up in Brisbane. I went to primary school in Brisbane but I have grown in Ipswich. So yeah, I, I really think it's both. I cannot split it. They are, they are both home to me Mm. and I, I cannot be the person I am without having both of them. Love that. So it's like, um, what do you call it? It's like 50% Brisbane, 50%. (laughs) And I'm not at all ashamed to say I'm an Ippy girl. That's me. Oh my gosh. Love that name. We say Ippy. We say, yeah. Yeah. Ippy. Yeah. Lovely. And as we're coming to a close of this fabulous podcast episode, we're going to do a quick plug in with West Side Story. So did you want to spiel out the little details of where can we see West Side Story? And find tickets. And find tickets. Alrighty. So West Side Story is coming to QPAC, South Brisbane, uh, from the 24th of July to the 22nd of August. So if you haven't already, Get those tickets because I want to see you in the audience. Yes. We'll be there. We will be there. I'm so excited to see you. (laughs) And if people want to keep up with your journey, do you have a website or a social media that people can follow along with? Yeah. So I do have a website. It's just www.sophiesalvasani.com. I also have a Facebook um, page. So Sophie Salvasani Soprano. And I also have Instagram as well. Fabulous. Don't forget the cheeky Instagram as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Thank you so much, Sophie. It has been awesome, awesome, awesome talking to you. I feel 10 million times smarter about teaching and arts and everything. So thank you so much. No worries. My pleasure. Thank you. 
pick pick it for the Playhouse Picks. I'm just going to make a new song every week. Every single time. <laughs> now, after hearing all about the wonder of West Side Story, it is no surprise that our first Playhouse Pick is West Side Story at QPAC. For all the classic hits you know and love, it will be returning from the 24th of July to the 27th of August. There's so many musicals in our Playhouse Picks this week. Have you noticed that? It's Definitely. like Musical Central. Well, there we're we heading go. up now. Heading on up to Redcliffe for Andrew Lloyd Webber's smash hit of a classic movie. It's got rock. Mm-hmm. It's got coolness. Ooh. It's got children. Oh, oh, and it's got identity theft. Ooh, 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 ooh. Of course, we are talking about the absolute banger of a musical that mm-hmm. is School of Rock. Now, this show is going to be rocking out at Redcliffe from the 9th to the 18th of July. Continuing the theme of mega musicals this week, and Andrew Lloyd Webber seems to be rampant in Brisbane this year, our roomies from episode 14, the dynamic duo of Lynch and Patterson, are presenting the iconic rocking score of Jesus Christ Superstar at the 12th Night Theatre from the 9th of July. Now, get this, our roomies are absolutely thriving at this very moment, not only is this being produced by Lynch and Patterson, but it is also being directed by... Episode 11, Rumi, Maureen Barra. Oh, go girl. And features Alexander Thanasoulis. <gasps> From scene five. Yeah. Good on him. So go back and have a cheeky listen there. Now, continuing our theme again of mm-hmm. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yes. This is a show that he might have seen in his lifetime and oh. maybe he enjoyed it. It's just a theme of Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> <laughs> he has nothing to do with this show. It does have, it's, it's my show. It's my show that I'm assistant directing and choreographing. So yes, obviously we're going to do it. Here we go. Here's the, your plug in. We'll do a cheeky plug um, at Spotlight Theatre opening a little bit far away. It's not until the 9th of September. I am assistant director and choreographer for a fantastic, fabulous, amazing production of Puffs. Woo! Now, Puffs is based on a certain school of witch folk and magic things. I'm being very specific with what I say because. Am I a certain to... author, well, we can't really say too much because a certain oh. author will sue. So I'm just not saying ah. too much, but I'm giving enough where you know what we're talking I about. Was like, I was like, what do you mean? Just say it. <laughs> I wish I could. We've had to be so intentional. Anyway, I'm getting a bit off track. Puffs opens on the 9th of September and closes on the 26th of September down at Spotlight on the Gold Coast. The reason I'm telling you about this now is because Spotlight shows have been notoriously selling out as soon as cast announcements go out. So... If by the time this episode comes out, tickets are still available, I strongly recommend booking them as soon as you can. If you are keen to see it, the cast are phenomenal. The assistant director slash choreographer is very good looking, very talented. <laughs> the director's great too. Hi, Mitch. You're probably listening. Um, and I'm sure you'll have a great night and you might even see me there. <gasps> oh, my God. Imagine if Rumi's come and see it. I'll cry. I'll oh. cry. If you do come and see it, please come and say hello to me and I'll probably cry because I'll be very yes. happy. Yes. Definitely uh, support the fabulous host here, Brooke. And with oh, an amazing show of... Puffs at Spotlight. And you can always check the show notes if you want to know more about these Playhouse picks and also check out our socials at Playhouse Pod on Instagram or Facebook at The Playhouse Podcast. How was that for an episode? So actually, let me start by saying, so different to what we would normally talk about. Mm. We really got to have a deep dive with education, which I yeah. love as an education enthusiast myself. I love that. And and you did get like a little bit of an insight or an in-scoop of what to what to expect when yeah. you finish your education, yeah. studying, but kind of like just the, the little, what do you call it, the, the advice that you've been given from Sophie. It's always nice to hear from people who've actually 
done it. Especially like an arts-centric person like Sophie. Yeah, from being a singer and also being in the education world. Bingo. Perfect combination. Honestly. What I, um, what I took out from that, that convo was how she said, like, just try stuff. Mm. Just, like, do it. And now it's like, yeah. Like, that. I don't know if you felt the same way when we were applying to do the podcast. I was like, I'll apply for it. Yeah. Yeah, YOLO. yeah. Exactly. That was my thoughts as well. I'm all in that YOLO mentality now. Mm. I'm like, how can, we, how can we continue to YOLO, not just for the rest <laughs> of the day, but YOLO. for the rest of our lives? <laughs> How how did you find the interview, Chels? Interesting. I was literally going to say what you were going to say about the like what you got from the interview as well, and also what she because she's done it before with West Side Story. So it's lovely grabbing those bits and pieces from the past work of West Side Story, and also previously doing it as well with a new cast as well. You can just grab bits and pieces, mm. and that can really highlight the story of West Side Story and it can still be relevant to today. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Thank you so much, Sophie, for joining the podcast. What an absolute dream. Uh, Do tune in next week. I'm sure it'll be a great episode. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. You'll find out more info shortly. All the best for the rest of your week. (laughs) Continue to take care of yourself. Keep being you. Be safe. You know what? Have an early night tonight. Yeah. doesn't hurt to have an early night. Give yourself an early night. You've earned it. Or treat yourself. There we go. Treat yourself. Two in an early night. Ah, there we go. There we go. Get awesome. those extra sleep hours. You know, you know you need them. <laughs> Definitely. We're going to wrap up and we're going to say goodbye, roomies. We are. Bye. Bye. And scene. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast. Okay, do you want to go first? I wanted to do a princess world. People can pick a day and then that day doesn't exist anymore. It's amoeba world. That you have to be in the presence of another person to stay alive. Ooh, I want to do an honour-bound and honour-driven society. That when someone dies, their ashes get turned into tattooing. I want to do a vampires and werewolves world. People who are seasonal. So let me explain. It must have been around Christmas time or something because it's Merry Prisms. For goddess whose domain is desperation. Time travel theme park. My second idea was a train story. A story on a train. Belladonna? Do you know what that is? Nope. Big trees. Big trees. Big trees. Welcome to the Sky Machine, a collective world-building podcast about dynamic, fantastical and concise storytelling where in each episode we create a new original world and a short story to go along with it. And you get to join us for the ride. Uh, That's Not Kind of Productions podcast.